everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Living Courageously Exposed, hosted by Big Inside Out Adventures and yours truly, Jennifer J. Saunders. My friends call me Jay. So uh, we're back again for part three of the interview. We are. With guest interviewer Carrie. <sighs> On this cold, not looking spring morning. Yeah, in Idaho Falls, it... Uh, it decided to play winter again. We got an inch or two of snow, depending on where you're at in the valley. And uh, today's not sunny and and happy looking. <laughs> it's <laughs> How, not. However, I like these kind of days. I kind of like the like grayish, it's going to precipitate, got to use your windshield kind of moments. <laughs> so we're coming to you again from another mobile position. And uh, we're in Carrie's car today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sitting in the parking lot of an old furniture store. Um and just, you know, hanging out, going to do part three. So right. we're just going to jump right into it. Again, we have so much to say. I feel like we've been sitting here talking about where to take this next so that we don't have a 12-hour interview because we probably could. So oh, I, my gosh, that is so true. <laughs> I'm just going to turn it right on over to you, Carrie. Yeah. In fact, I just saw the most amazing preview for a new film coming out called Life Itself. And I want to say that's what it's called. I could have missed that a little bit but it's it's really just telling the story of life and how when we just live and share our experiences that is the beauty we don't have to have like these fictional stories or mm-hmm. anyway it was really intriguing to me and made me think a lot about like yeah that's kind of what we're doing when we share like this absolutely have you ever thought about life? making a movie of your life Maybe not. I mean, I would certainly have a lot of preferences about the actors. Like I told Sandra Bullock, that would, <laughs> I, would, Bullock. I, would I would let Sandra Bullock play me in the life of Jen. <laughs> That's awesome. Maybe Emma Stone. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. There's so many amazing probably there, people that could take it on. But There are. Um, so, yeah, we're just meeting this morning and grabbing a quick slot of time together because Jen's off traveling again today. Yes. You've traveled a lot. People that know you, they've traveled a lot. And originally those experiences were motivated by, I believe, trail running. So let's loop back to this person in your life that introduced you to that, F. She introduced you to trail running, which, as I recall, was kind of the launch to some of this travel. But where have you traveled? And then kind of discuss how that came about and where that's evolving. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, Trail running was a a big, like, uh, springboard for me into this new way of seeing life and this new expansion in my, in my own person and soul. And, um, I, you know, I, I give a lot of, of kudos to F and, and how it started to open my mind because I started, it started this adventure of running and seeing new parts of the country in, in these different States and, um, experiencing myself in those places. And so in about 2010, I was looking at putting together my race calendar and so I would choose a month or two, or excuse me, a race for each month and, you know, maybe two races. And I'd look at all these different race calendars and all of a sudden came up on my screen, this thing that said race to adventure. I was like, what is that? Run in Ecuador? You mean people, I can go run in Ecuador? And so I, you know, I did a little bit of research and uh, I called the race director and sure enough, um, for a small deposit, I could hold my spot and then, you know, get in on all the adventure and a little bit down the road, you know, have the rest of my fees paid. And so I actually used this, um, model as I, as I went and participated in Ecuador and Peru and Panama and Chile, I think those are the only places I ran with them. Um, 
I, I studied what he was doing as well as, as again, running and having fun and taking in the energy and the people that we were around and use it as a model that I will use now to take people out on these adventures. So I've also had the opportunity to go to Bali and Shanghai, um, did some service in Guatemala, visited Cabo, looking forward to a quick stopover in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, just keep... You know, you need to get one of those maps with the pins or something. Yes, yes. It's really fun to look at my passport, actually. Yeah. And look back and see, you know, the places that I've been. I know. That 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 would be really rich and rewarding to say. Yeah. So that, that first adventure to Ecuador really, like, just kind of wet my appetite for what what could be. Like, I, I saw this whole, like, I, you know, I ventured a little bit, but through the trail running and then, again, that first stopover in Ecuador just really... It, it, it almost like just blew the volcano, the top off the volcano of like what people can really experience in life and what I could experience in life. And I wanted more and I wanted more. And, and it's crazy, you know, people talk about money, like how do you have the money to do this? And I've learned some really amazing things that way, especially with the Ecuador trip. I, I wasn't sure how I'd do it, but I knew that I had the money for the deposit. And so I put it down and I really, what it comes down to is when I or you set our intention like this is something we want to do and we actually make the full on commitment to do it. We pay the deposit and we see ourselves there. Then, you know, there's a quote and I don't remember it word for word, but it says something to the effect of when we get committed, providence steps in and takes over in, in a ways that we just don't even imagine to make it happen. And, and Ecuador was that springboard for me and, and trail running. And um, it's just crazy how, I get invited to go do something or I want to go do something and it just, the finances always seem to be there. And so it's really cool. And and so if those of you who are out there, you know, have those same questions in my like, I don't know how I do, how do you do this? Or how am I going to do this? Get committed, like make a commitment to yourself and uh, to the universe and just watch what happens because it is freaking amazing. That is so, um, and that's led to other experiences that we'll get into because you were exposed to these groups of people and these diverse cultures and awakenings in yourself yeah. um, that led you to do lots of other things besides travel, stuff that you maybe experienced more just right around here. Right, right. Um, but we just have to keep hitting on the, these people because this was such a crossroads in your life. Um, I feel like you're, maybe your like realm of how you saw the world and how you made sense of the world had always kind of be, it was always in a certain position right. and it just massively expanded through a very, kind of a very short time. Absolutely a short time because really, I really didn't start the traveling till, I oh mean, it was, it was 2010 or 11. I think I went to Ecuador in 2011. So what we're in two, 2018, Barely. we're in seven years and I will have been to 10 countries and um, spent time there. And there's, there's some that I would actually love to go back and spend you know, a month in or three months in or because really um, ah, some of my favorite things, like when I, we could do a whole podcast just on this, but just some quick snippets are like when I've gone to these South American countries, one thing in particular that really, really stands out that I feel like we miss here and we have family dynamics and, you know, people get together as families, but you know, when, when we were driving or we would go to city squares, like where we're, you and I are sitting now, um, there would be people all over the place just sitting 
with each other, like in groups and with and two or three people, and they would just be talking and enjoying these like precious moments of time rather than, I don't know. Just the hustle and bustle. Just, yeah. I, I don't know how those of you out there view time. Um, sometimes I get really wrapped up in time and like, is there going to be enough time? Can I, can I get everything done? And I, um, it's an interesting thing. I, my watch broke in, I stepped out of my job last May and I went to, uh, Southern Utah and my watch broke. So I've been getting some really interesting lessons in time. And so it's, again, it goes back to like, it takes me to those places where I see people just sitting and I think, you know, what would it take for us to, to be able to do that? I, I don't even know that it's a real possibility here, but it is one of my, we're on a bus and we're driving down the road and we see people just sitting and talking on the side of the road or they've got their, their little campfires or, or containers that they built to hold a fire and they're, you know, they're cooking their meat and they're having family gatherings or friend gatherings and you just see people together. It's, it's really opened my eyes to connection and to community and how important those two things are and, um, you know, that it doesn't just come from a certain race or a certain religion or um, ideology and that, you know, it's, it's like a human thing. It's a human thing. Absolutely. And, and that really, you know, my belief says that we all really have, there's one being, one big creation that, that kind of watches over us. And we, we call it lots of different things. And I, I believe that, you know, there's divine, there's divine in that as well that we don't we're given the gift and the opportunity to be different so that we could have beauty I, I believe the difference is what creates the beauty and when we learn to really appreciate it um life is in full color yeah so that's one of i think that's one of the big things that has driven you to the places and the people you've had in your life is kind of the magic behind being different absolutely, and not wanting to blend, but being willing to stand out, and stand up. <laughs> That's a hard thing sometimes, you know, I, I think we have a tendency to live in, in a black and white world. You know, we get all excited when we hear new technology, like when color TV came out and, you know, I wasn't around when color TV came out. I, I just know color TV, but, um, you know, we live in this black and white world where it's this way or that way. Or you got to do this thing or, and I just, I kind of like to live, you know, like you say, blending, like in the middle where people call gray, that's actually what I call color. We just kind of blend the lines a little bit and magic happens. Yeah. I just, I, I think I said this back when I was speaking, but there's just so few absolutions. Um, I think love perhaps is an absolution, but so many other things aren't, but we build a lot of those because they keep us safe and they make us feel safe. Right. They give us structure and right. purpose and understanding. And I very much am one of those people who have done that in my life. And it's been really hard to like break them down because it, it does kind of feel unsafe and unsure and, you know, um, untethered really. Yeah, it does. So, um, as you're doing all these things, um, Tell us kind of where your family situation was. I mean, you were feeling supported in these things. Your children were young, so they weren't probably tagging along with them. Right. They, you're right. Um, so they actually weren't really young. They were, you know, so 
they were probably like sixth and eighth grade. That's pretty young. So they're young. You're right. You're right. They're you still in the really days. impressionable ages. They still needed their parents. And um, um, I, I honestly don't know how much support I had. <laughs> I, I'm kind of an oddball in my family that way um, because I do adventure. And we didn't really do a lot of that when, when I was younger. And I do think a lot of that came about, again, in part of my growth inside my marriage and, and having that, you know, those blinders either taken off or widened so that I could see some different parts of the world. So because of where we were at in the marriage, I don't really know how supportive, um, you know, my husband was at the time, my family, I think they get excited, but they think I'm crazy. (laughs) And this, I mean, you had led, led earlier in this last section to say, um, you know, the running didn't take my marriage in a different direction. It didn't right. separate that out, right. but there were components about this period of my life that did. Right. So we're just, let's, let's go there. <laughs> we're just going to jump right in. We're oh, just going to jump okay. in to the, to the meat here. Yeah, sure. So again, before we get into that, I just, I want to make a couple of things, um, really clear that, um, there are still a few things that are in healing stages and because they're in healing stages, I don't know that I can completely come from a place of, of love and understanding from those. And so if we, if we get to those points, I'll answer them to the best of my ability coming from love, but I may, I may just leave you hanging a little bit on, on some of those answers. And, uh, it may be that we get to do a future podcast. I don't, I, I just think it's really important not to speak from a place of pain um, for myself, you know, I, I know that it's important to speak our pain and, um, there are places to speak that. And I even believe that, you know, we could speak it here, but I think when it's really raw like that, you know, sharing it in those ways with everybody just isn't probably the most productive. So if some of that comes up, um, I may just say, you know, we're gonna leave that question hanging and for a future day. Okay. So just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'm just going to let you lead from here. Okay. So, um, you, you know, you talked about trail running and, and we've gone there and how, again, there was some forks in the road there. And um, one of those forks is that the person that I met, I told you that I knew her before, but that I had never met her before. But our souls knew each other. And um, some things in my life started, I mean, there obviously there were lots of things that were opening up in my life lots of expansion and lots of growth. And, um, one of those things I I felt start to wake up inside me that was actually really, really scary. And, um, I did not want to own this thing. (laughs) There was nothing inside of me that wanted to own this thing because I knew that if I owned it, um, actually I didn't know. I felt like if I owned it, um, I would be basically, you know, cast out of the tribe. They, they'd put out my fire and, and that was it. And, um, I, I started to feel myself wake up in ways that I hadn't been awake in probably if ever, you know, in a long time, if ever. And, um, you know, we'll just, we'll just get down to it. It came down to my sexuality and, uh, and, you know, F really, uh, taught me some things and helped me see through trail running. And again, the expansion of all of that, um, 
my soul started to like have this yearning to know more about myself and I'd always had it. Um, and so I really, my, my sexuality really came into question. And so when we talked about, you know, running, not being the thing that, that ended my marriage, um, my sexuality definitely played a part in that. Right. So I think when we come into these, like, I'm feeling this, this is coming into the picture, um, scary, all these emotions. Did it ever for you pull back to any experiences? Like, did you start racking your brain? Like, is this new? (laughs) Have I felt this before? Where is this coming from? Absolutely. Like, this is one of those things that, and, and for those of you, you know, there's a quote by Maya Angelou that says, and this is how I feel like today. Ooh, it's actually touching some emotion. It's not sad emotion. Um, she says, I come as one and I stand as 10,000. And, and that's a little bit how I feel today talking about this, because I know that there will be many out there who hear this, who have an understanding either personally or through, you know, having a loved one or family member or friends. And so, um, thank you for standing with me as, as 10,000, as I speak today. Um, yeah, it, it is something that takes you back. It is something that makes you, I've never questioned anything in my entire life as deep or as intensely, um, completely as I was, this, as this came about into my face and into my presence. And I mean, it really just felt like it was right in my face. Like it was the only thing that I could see for a long time. You know, one of the principles I teach is the, the big red dot. And, you know, we, we see a big red dot and, and when that becomes our focus, it's the only thing we can see. And for a long time, I really thought, you know, being gay was the only thing going on in my life. And it was the only thing that I could see and the only thing that anyone else would see. It was all consuming. And, um, absolutely. Like it took me to the core of my soul. Like where, where did this come from? And, and why and how and um, yeah, all those questions. I mean, you go back to being little and did I know then or what was different about me then? And you know, as I as I came to understand it more, I definitely could see points where I was like, oh, <laughs> that part makes sense, and oh yeah, that that actually makes more sense now. And um, it probably wasn't until I was in college that I really had any understanding of her or what it was. Um, it wasn't something that was ever talked about in my home. Uh, the first time I actually remember hearing about it was uh, in the Rock Hudson days when it, that was the big deal and he was sure. on the radio. And so that's the first time I really remember hearing about it. But definitely takes you... I, I don't even know that I have words. It's, it's like it takes you to the deepest places of who you are. Yeah, and I think... I mean, I haven't had that experience, but I've had experiences where I've thought how, why, where, and just like soul searching of where did this come from? How, how, why do I feel this way? Where did the, you know, where did this start? Um, long, long days and nights of trying to make sense of all of that. Oh yeah. And still having to live a life. And, and take uh, care of a family. Absolutely. <laughs> you and still got out. Yeah. Everything else exists. is going on in, inside of this. You bet. So would, would a word to use for that somewhat be, you were a little in turmoil? Oh, absolutely. Turmoil. I was, I was wrestling with myself. 
you know, every day grappling with this question of, you know, what, what the hell is this and, and why, why me? Yeah. And, and because we've talked about your religious background, um, you know, I would say LDS has a pretty orthodox structure and set of doctrines that probably runs fairly contrary to that. Right. And that would have been in your like psyche of this is what I've been taught and learned and believed my whole life. And, um, how, how, where, what happened to your faith in all of that? I mean, you'd had this huge pillar and anchor with God all the way through this. And like, this had to been somewhat of a, of a like ripping. Yeah. What is happening and where do I re You bet. And, and being the nature of me and the nature of just humans, you know, we want answers. Sure. We want answers. And so it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't ever seem to go away till you can find an answer. Seriously, it doesn't. And honestly, I don't know to this day that I have an answer. But the answer that I've grown into is that I don't have to have the answer, although I have been given answers, <laughs> you know, according to my belief system. So, um, again, I yeah, I grew up very, very much loving, um, involved, um, active LDS member, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. it I, like I said before, it was it was a saving grace for me in my life that kept me on a a healthy path as far as some of the other things I could have chosen. And I had great friends. So, you know, when this really started, I mean, there were, I had incidences where it's like, huh, you know, things, any of those now like to go, I mean, you mentioned college, like there was like, you're like, yeah, okay. Now I can like, yeah, (laughs) there was a waking up moment in college. And, um, I, uh, (laughs) I, wow. I had, yeah, I had some moments where, you know, I, I told you I lived with four roommates and, um, and one of them, you know, we were friends, we were really good friends. And then we became really good friends and, you know, we, we ended up kissing and we did that for months. And, you know, it was one of those crazy things where this is, this is a hard thing to admit to like whoever's going to be hearing this. And, and, um, I, I enjoyed it. Like for the first time. I enjoyed it. Like I had dated very, very nice boys, like seriously good material for husband kind of men. And they treated me so well. And I just, I just could never get into it. And I always thought something, you know, like, what is wrong with me? Like maybe I just haven't found the right person. And, you know, I would think I just gotta, I just gotta pray more and I just gotta keep my faith. And, and, um, you know, I don't say those things flippantly. Like I really, really believe that. Like that's, um, God, I believe that in you too. God helped me run my life. He still helps me run my life. In fact, he does it a lot better than I can yes. <laughs> um, when I remember. So yeah, I had moments when mm-hmm. the lights started coming on and, um, you know, I, I still have a deep love for that person. We haven't, um, we haven't been in communication for many years. I think it was something that was very hard for her. And, um, you know, it's, it's when you're in a space of like everything, everything coming alive and you feel like you're doing everything wrong. It's a tough place to be. You know, I really just felt like I was being bad. Yeah. That I just just shaming. Absolutely. I just needed to repent and like, what was I doing? And, but why did it, why did it make me feel that way when I'd never felt that way with anybody else? Like so hard, all that. Yeah. You know, and, and the few boys that I kissed, you know, thank you guys for that experience. 
Um, but it was like kissing my brothers. I would have rather kissed my brothers. Yeah. Nothing against you my know, brothers. No, because I think I think in all in a, in any way, what whether your partner, whoever they are, we can relate to like some people you feel connected to, yeah. you have an attraction to, you have yeah. this like desire to share mind, body, yeah. spirit with, and then other people that is just platonic. Absolutely. And friendship is kind of the top level. And so when you get into those other, like, I want to share my soul and my body, it kind of just halts. Well, and, and I, it falls really flat. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I talked about being engaged, being hard and getting, being married, getting married was hard. And, and I think that was part of it is I had, I had had this experience and, um, didn't know where to put it. I, I had absolutely no idea where to put it. And I, I, I honestly, I think part of me wanted to continue in it and, and understand it better and understand that part of me. But again, I, I, I felt like I was being bad and sinful. And, um, so I just put it aside and kept moving and forward. did the steps that I thought that I was supposed to be doing. Because again, that's at that point, that is how I had chosen to live my life. Absolutely. Um, that is just so vulnerable to share. I just really, <laughs> there's only, there's only a handful of people who know that. So I, I trust you guys. <laughs> um, I really believe though, when we can share those parts of us that feel so vulnerable, that's when we really find connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. and where I just know there'll be people that say, wow, I feel so much less alone. I feel so much more human. Um, I can let some of that residual shame fall away. Um, well, and again, that's, that's my hope is that, and that's actually what I know is that when we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable with our experiences, we become real to other people and, and we need real people and in order to heal and share and realize that, you know, we can take the shame off and just understand the experience. For it's, sure. We're, we're human beings having spiritual or earthly experiences and you know, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't really mean anything about us. It's an experience and, and we get to put the meaning to it. And yeah. So let, I mean, before we continue on with that story as a side, um, you've been someone who's really been able to not have labels. You've, you've always really taught me like you're a Carrie. I'm a Jen. He's a Joe. We're just these people. And don't try, try not to take on like, I mean, I had love to run. You're one of the first people that taught me to say, I love to run. I'm not a runner. Right. right. Um, I'm not going to take that on. Um, because even as like the most treasured roles in our life, like I'm a mother or I'm a daughter, Yeah. even those like can fall away and absolutely and can transform and change. And sometimes not always for the, right. you know, the most positive of ways. And so I think we still have to stay anchored to like, I have a divine creation in me. I am I am a human being with limitless potential. Absolutely. With full, you know, full wholehearted love yeah. that is within me. Well, and my belief system says that we we came down, you know, to this planet and spirit. And again, go to what your belief system says. This is what mine says. Whether you come from an LDS background or a Catholic background or a Muslim background, whatever it is, um, you know, maybe you don't have any kind of religious background, but my belief says we came from somewhere and we came to here this <clears throat> to this sphere because we wanted to learn and to grow and have experiences. And, you know, wh what I, what I've learned is that when we 
take on the labels or these identities of I'm a runner or I'm a mother or I'm a, you know, put, put whatever myriad label you put on it. And then when those things fall away and that's who we think we are, then We're then lost. what do we have? We we are lost. And so if we can, if we can step outside and that, you know, thank you, Max Lucado. And he's got a book called you are special. And I think that's where, um, I mean, I had heard it, but I think that's where that really started to come alive and really, really take hold in my life for me is running is something that I do. Being a mom is a, is an experience I get to have. Traveling is an experience I get to have. Um, sitting here with you is an experience that I get to have. I'm not a pod caster is something that I get to do. I'm not a, I'm not a teacher. It's a gift that I've been given to share. And, um, you know, it's really easy to identify with those kinds of things. And, and so the really interesting part with bringing that back around is, you know, labeling myself as gay, uh, you know, for a long time, I took that on like as a title. And when, again, really, it's just part of my earthly experience sure. here. And, and- I think and for a the, beautiful one, I will say. For the world around us, like, they expect us to, like, express ourselves with these, like, social cues, I guess you would say, you know? It's like the classic, when you meet someone, one of the first questions they ask, like, where do you, where do you, where do you live? Maybe, perhaps, what do you do for work? Mm-hmm. Are you married? Do you have children? Yeah. Um, there's, like, these, like, handful of questions that kind of help us socially measure who right. they are and where they belong. Right. Because we are social creatures, and that's just kind of the way I think society has, like, evolved. And they're niceties. They're and they nice. are. And I don't know that anyone even means them any other way than just to kind of, like, make sense of you. Right. In a social construct. Right. Um, yeah. And I still think that we can lead by a better example of showing a better way. Right. A better way. Because I, I, it's, it's, it's really... I like to ask people about themselves. And I bet they're uncomfortable when you do that. <laughs> it, it is. It, you know, you know, I've actually had several people when we were in, uh, when we were in, like, what country were we in? Puerto Vallarta. You know, I, I like to just stop and talk to people and, and look them in the eyes. Like, look at people when you're talking to them. Yeah. It makes such a difference in the conversation. And, yeah, it's uncomfortable. But a lot of times, like this specific lady said, you're different. She goes, there's something really special about you. She goes, you look at me when you talk to me. Like, I actually want to give you answers because I feel like you care. And, and, you know, I'll do that wherever I went to New York to visit my daughter when she was there and the cute little grouchy lady at the checkout counter. And I, she was speaking another language and I said, Hey, you know, what language was that? That was, that was beautiful. And immediately like her demeanor changes, her, her face softens and she starts having a conversation with me. And, and, and by the end of like three minutes, because there was other people to check out, we're besties. Like we could have had lunch together. And, um, she told us about singers in that language and, um, you know, we're taking pictures. And my daughter said, mom, that lady never talks. So, you know, and I didn't ask her what she does. I didn't ask her. I just talked to her. I just talked to her. So those are very, yeah, those are very valid. So as you've like come to own this part of your experience mm-hmm. here, um, <laughs> it's been hard. There's been a lot of hard, but yeah. I bet there's been a lot of joy. Yeah. Maybe stuff people never hear about because 
I think when we see people that we perceive as, oh, that would be so hard. That would be so challenging. That would be so heavy. You would feel so different. You would be so outcast or unbelonging. <laughs> like all I've those experienced things. all those things. All those. I also want to say, but I have gained so much beauty yeah. from this. And so even among the pain, I would still take on the learning and the beauty that I've gathered. And I know that is very true for you. Absolutely. Um, all the way up to some of the people that you share your life so closely with today. Mm -hmm. um, share a little bit about that. So let's just address some of the pain before we go there and some of the things that, because I know there are people out there listening who, who need some pain addressed and someone who can say, I get you. Like, I get that. And I know, Carrie, that you get that through your own experience. And and that's the beauty of these cool things is when you get to know people, it's, gosh dang it, stop defining them by what's happened to them or what they're experiencing because it's not them. It's an experience. And, and they're learning, but they're also great learning in it for you. I feel like a lot of times these lessons that we have, yes, they're for us, but a lot of times they're for the people around us to learn a lesson if they'll choose to learn it. Yeah. So stop seeing people for their crap. It's not who they are. Um, I think some of the pain in, in this particular issue and in my experience of it is um, because we are human in nature, we want answers. And this is such a, a crazy thing. And, and, you know, science is just feels like just starting to come out with some answers and and people want science and they want you know solidity and um the so a lot of things that I've been asked is you know are you are you gay because you were abused are you gay because you know your mom was overbearing or your dad wasn't there or you know all of these your nuclear family your nuclear, yeah because you're a divorced you know parents were divorced and you know no. And, and I guess the answer I came to to that is that even if that was the reason, it's still the reason. It, it, doesn't, it, the it doesn't change the fact that this is how I feel and this is what feels right and best for me. So when you're tempted to ask those questions, stop, just pause, don't and, and get yourself back in a place of love um, because they may not have an answer. They may not have an answer. They may not. And and the reasons for why we have experiences or anything, I, I just remember on this very same thing, because some of my experiences and some of the counseling and the treatment and the things I've been in, um, I've been around a lot of these people that have had these experiences. Right. And I remember one time somebody asking a clinician, you know, why does that happen? Why, why, why does he... You know, here he's been married, had, had all these kids. Why is he now choosing to live with his same gender? Right. Um, right. Which happens a lot. All the time. I remember this counselor saying, he stopped and he paused and he said, the reasons are a hundred feet wide and a million feet deep. Yeah. You'll never identify. There are not because of this, because of this, because they are human experiences and they are so far and wide and so unique and personal based on like every little thing that combined into their life. Like it could be biology. It could be circumstances. It could be this or that. It could be a million things. 
And every one of those things blended is what's made right. that experience come alive for them. Well, and, and, and that I, just always stuck with me. Like, yeah. you'll never know, and it doesn't matter. And, and it's so true. And it's kind of like lots of other things. But, you know, I think, I don't really know why this has such a an energy to it. But I do believe that, you know, religion and, and that play a big role in that. And, you know, the the moral issues and and all of that play a role. Um, I know for me, um, you know, I tried to protect a lot of people in my life. I felt like when I got divorced that people would be, once they found out that, that I had these feelings and, and I call it same sex attraction for a long time because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't handle the word gay. It felt too big and too, um, explosive and too, uh, like there was still just too much contention around it. So I use, I use same sex attraction and, and I wanted help. Like I really did want to be fixed. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I don't know if you remember having those I conversations, totally like this. it like, was so looking for resources wrenching and, and, and yet at the same time, I didn't want to read a whole lot of things and I didn't want to, you know, watch anything. I just, time. it was so horrific feeling. Um, and really it was you who kind of helped <laughs> move things forward. She sent me a letter from when she was in prison, um, called letter to an apostle. And I thought, I don't know if I want to read this. I haven't read anything. I haven't watched anything. And I've tried to keep myself uninfluenced and, and figure this out all on my own. And for whatever reason, I felt like I could read that letter and, uh, Gosh, it turned my world upside down. I didn't sleep for two days. Like I wrote her a letter and said, I want to freaking punch you in the nose. Yeah, that, that phrase came out maybe for about a year. Because <laughs> what I realized is, you know, this was a, it was a, actually a man from Pocatello who had written a letter about his son who was gay and, and their experience and how he had, it, it came down to honesty. And how they were asking his son to be something different than he was. and But we teach honesty. And I was in a place in my life, again, within my marriage and, and all of the stuff that was going on there. And the honesty was a big deal for me because I, too, want to live my life in honesty. And I just realized that by not really owning this part of me, that I wasn't being honest. And I wasn't being fair to myself and I wasn't being fair to other people. Um, you know, people would say to me, being gay is such a hard life. It's such a, like, it's such a hard, hard road. Well, here's what I have to say about this, people. It's not a hard road. You make it a hard road. So stop it. Like, it is not hard to love somebody. It's actually not that hard to love yourself, although it can be. <laughs> and so when you're tempted to tell somebody it's a hard road, knock it off and make it easier for them love them, help pave the way, like find understanding without having to have absolute answers. Do you have all the answers to your life? I can guarantee you they're not, we're not going to have them in ours when it comes to being gay. Yeah, that's really true. Um, some of the really neat people that I had in some of my challenging years were people that would write me letters and say, I don't know why this happened. I don't really care why it happened. I'm sad it happened, but my commitment is to you yeah, to help you rise, help you elevate out of this and move forward. Yeah. And I, I loved that. It was like, they weren't saying we are fine with this because they probably weren't. And 
some people aren't fine with the experiences you've had, right. but they can still look and say, but I, I cherish you and so I'm going to make that my focus. And I think when you do that, many people can evolve into even a more wholehearted Absolutely. place if they can just take on, I'm going to love and see the person. And not just, not just say it because it's what you're, I'm using air quotes here, supposed to do. Totally. Or, you know, someone tells you, you I just, yeah, love people because you love people. Um, that was, that was one of the other hard things is, um, that I, that I experienced early on is even when I wasn't, uh, choosing to live my life that way, people would go to my ecclesiastical leader and talk to them. Like I found out people were going and tattling on me and I wasn't even doing anything, but they saw me with my girlfriends and I have lots of girlfriends. I have lots of guy friends, but they would go and tattle and like, that doesn't feel very good. And, um, you know, I, I had an experience where I was teaching in a homeschool group and um, I was at one of their plays with a couple of my friends who happened to be girls and someone turned me in and I, I got that teaching job almost taken away. I had to go through hell actually to be able to continue teaching the year and some people pulled their kids out of my class and, you know, um, I, I've had people walk out of my life, some of my dearest friends walk out of my life because I put three letters together. And, um, you know, I know these are conversations that you and I have had. And, and those of you out there listening, I'm sure some of you have had these very conversations, again, whether it's for yourself or with family members. And it, we're just people. We're just people. We're, we're bakers. We're, you know, bankers. We're moms. We're teachers. We're you know, nuclear physicists, we're whatever. We're just like you. We put our pants on the same way that you put yours on. And we, you know, we go to work, we go to work and our days are just like yours. And that whole thing of like, this is a lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. Lifestyle is a, is a choice of what we get to do. And this is just who we are. And so love people, love people, you know, when it's, it's really hard to come out and say, for me, it, it, it was a matter of, I can live a lie, which felt really horrible and which I did for a long time. I lived in hiding for a really, really long time. And it was, it's so painful and so horrible. And I can see why people get to the depths that they get at, that they want to take their own lives and, you know, in some cases actually take them. And so the pain is real. Uh, please don't diminish that for people. Um, give them a place to to express it, like be a safe place for people and, and be willing to share your own as well. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say other than I, I've just watched this in you over years and in, in other people. I mean, it's, I think it's, everybody knows people that have had these pathways, whether you know it or not. And, um, I guess as I, as you speak about some of those like rejections and losses, like my heart just really gets pinged because um, there there just are so many losses through that, and I, I know loss really well. Yeah, you do. Um, but I also think like some people really aren't ready to take some of that on, and I I, I mean I I remember having um, a woman that I was really close to when I was. Um, you know, when I was in prison 
she was a lot older than me. She was actually in there on a mental health issue. Um, she had schizophrenia mm-hmm. and yeah. never knew it yeah. and woke up to hearing about this terrible thing she'd done. Um, no recollection of it. I, I can imagine. I, I don't even, I can only imagine the trauma that would ensue in yourself and in your family. Mm-hmm. And yet she was such a, an incredibly rich woman. Um, her vocabulary alone was just astronomical. And she used to tell me every night, she'd say, good night. Thanks for being you. Mm, I love it. And she'd tell me that every night. And she also was like, she was a big Maya Angelou fan. She had a lot of these like really rich people that she kind of introduced me to. And one of the things she said when I remember talking to her one day about like, people are just falling out of my life. Mm. And I wanted to just grapple after them and stand and defend myself. And she said, you know, when forgiveness is not this grand religious gesture, forgiveness is when we say, I'm going to let that, I'm going to let you go um, and, and push, you know, push love over that because I, you can't handle that. Right. And so I can, and I'm going to, by kind of like covering that in love and letting that go. So speaking of forgiveness, I think for, in my experience, and and maybe again, for those listening, it plays such a huge role in this. And I think the biggest, I mean, there's all, there's obviously lots of outside people that we feel like we need to forgive. You know, we want to put that out there, but the reality is the biggest forgiveness is the forgiveness of myself for, you know, doing, so some of the things that that I did, I, I find this so fascinating. You know, I had studied shame and I had studied all this new um, ways of thinking and living and, and healthy emotions. And, you know, life has this crazy way of giving you an opportunity to practice. And I feel like this was my opportunity to practice. And I'm so grateful I had the tools, even though I fumbled through them, you know, for the last six years, trying to really come to grips with this. Um, and some of the things that I did because of that shame is, you know, I didn't believe in my talents. I didn't believe in, in the skills and abilities that I had. And, I, and I, I really felt, got the opportunity to feel what it feels like to become a second-class citizen. Or, again, the air quotes, second-class citizen and how people actually put you there. And, and the reality is, is I put myself there in my, in my mind. And, you know, I stopped playing sports and I stopped singing and I stopped doing all these things that I am really, quite frankly, good at. And so that's part of the podcast uh, for myself, you know, in this particular podcast, but also in podcasting for other people is um, giving them a place to speak these places of shame that they've been in and an opportunity to say, hey, this is how I have forgiven myself. And, um, you know, I, that's for me, forgiveness had to start with me and then I can extend it out to other people. And I still have some I still have a few people that I struggle with as far as forgiveness goes. But, you know, I'm I'm working on it and I'm doing my best and. A lot of times those people are the ones closest to us, unfortunately. Absolutely. I feel that in my life too. I, I, I empathize with that a lot. It's, um, I think the self is important. I, I always say, and I've said it in this um, too, of as we learn who we are now, where we stand what, with our growth and learning today, it, it's cruel to not forgive the person we were two years ago. Oh, man. Because we're, we're holding ourselves accountable for like with the with what we know now, with what we did then, Absolutely. we didn't have any of that understanding or knowledge, and so Absolutely. It's, a, it's just a cruel 
Again, it's, it's like a do. it's like a label like that we've stuck on ourselves that we have to stay in that spot, and it's just not yeah it's just not the reality. So I just think um, I find myself one of my one of the things that's really helped me is I have a picture of myself um, when I'm about two and a half years old. Ah, I got one when I'm about five and, by my bed. Yeah, and I have one at, like it's a really super cheesy one. I mean, it has like <laughs> these chubby cheeks, and I'm in this little red dress, and I was always embarrassed to get my picture taken, and I had red hair, so I was just flushed red, and. I think like all of my insecurities, the having red hair, having all these things are very alive in that picture. Absolutely. But yet I still see that in the morning and I think I would never talk to that person that way. I would never yell at her or tell her you're not worthy. You're worthless. Why, why could you do that? Get yourself together. Stop doing that. Um, it's all the very opposite. It's yeah. like, I just want to console and nurture <laughs> and build up. And I realize right. that, that little me. person lives inside you. She's me. And so when I start like that self negative talk or um, not being fair to myself. I, I look at that and yeah. I, I have that on my phone. I have it in my bathroom. Sounds kind of like it cheesy. doesn't. I actually think it's, it's a beautiful, super, super impactful beautiful tool. And, and it's actually one that I share with people as well. And so I've love that you brought that up. Yeah. And so for those of you out there who might be struggling with that, find a picture of yourself in a younger age and uh how exactly would you treat that person would you say the things to her that you're saying to your or him that you're saying to yourself currently and yeah start coming to grips that stop forgiving let them talk to you that's kind of fun (laughs) sounds cool and and i think that's why we react that way to them um you know we just because we grow in like years doesn't mean that we can't stay tender and still be this pure creation that we always were absolutely so i love that tool um so i think we're i think we have a lot more to talk about we probably are let's 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 maybe finish this up with um you asked me about the happiness of this um and there is a lot of happy so some of the blessings that have come through owning the gay part of my life and really understanding what it is, even though I can't say that I completely understand, but just coming to terms with it and, and allowing myself to just step into that part of me. Uh, I've been amazed. I've been absolutely amazed at the people that have come into my life. Um, as, as things have fallen away, you know, there's always new things to pick up and, and people to, that present themselves to you. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like God plays a role in, in that for me because I, you know, I still pray to him like, Hey, you know, <laughs> who, who do I get to associate with now? And who are the people who are willing to love others as you really love them and to see with bigger perspective and maybe outside of their current belief systems. And, um, and not just, again, not just do it because they're supposed to, but because they want to because they see the richness in the diversity and in having differences and whether, you know, it be being gay or how they, you know, pray to God or, you know, whatever it is, how they cook their dinner. I don't know how they interact with their family and friends. Um, I've been really blessed to have really beautiful people come into my life uh, people that I probably would have not brought into my life previously. Um, and it's really, it's really great to hear their experiences and, and where they're at in their own faith stories and, and their own personal 
experiences and um it's awesome like so one of the things that i finally got brave enough to do is um really embrace me and i i have a girlfriend who actually became my wife last december and what an amazing experience that was like i again it could be a whole nother podcast but it was an amazing day it it really was it, an amazing day it was it was it was a venue very centered on who you are and who she is literally packed with people i know wasn't that amazing like we had no idea how packed many people would people. be there and so many people there to celebrate and love and share joy there like I was able to attend that with my children. It was it was just a really awesome thing. Yeah, I loved. I we had a couple of friends actually call us and ask if if it was okay to bring kids, and which I thought was just really amazing that they wanted to share the experience with their kids and and help them understand love and what love can be, and that it's not just defined in this particular way, but that it can actually be way more, and that we love people. And so, yeah, that was a pretty incredible day. And it, it took a lot of, I mean, we were together for five and a half years before we got married. So we tell people we've been married for three months and five years. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's such a good way to say it. Um, and uh, my wife is amazing. She drives me crazy. Like every like spouse. totally, oh, sometimes it's crazy. And I love that I get to have that experience with her because then she drives me crazy in really beautiful ways. And, um, you know, it's not hard to love somebody. It's not hard to love. And the allowing myself to be loved in the ways that she can love me, that, that has been a little trickier. And, um, you know, I think that's a two-way street, but I know that I'm adored and I know that I'm cherished and, you know, what a blessing that is in my life. And it allows me to really step into who I am and what I want to accomplish and um, being able to give that out to other people because, one, I'm able to give it to myself and, two, I'm able to receive it from another beautiful soul who, you know, has a lot of the same struggles as I've had and, and is still honestly currently going through some of those things. I'm the, the struggle between being gay and the religion that you're that you're raised in can be really challenging and you know some of those things don't have answers yet but all I can say is is life is good and I'm happy and I it's a little scary to actually stand on this platform finally because I've known it's coming and I've been fighting I tell people you know when you have a sibling or a friend and and they've made you really mad and you just want to punch your lights out and you come at them and they just like stiff arm you and you've got They've got their hand on your forehead and you're swinging and you're swinging and, you're sw and you can't hit them, but you just keep swinging. I tell people that's the game I've been playing with God because um, really through all of this, I've known where it's leading and I have very hesitantly and just downright dragging my feet, not wanted to do it. But today I'm here as one standing as 10,000, um, taking my place, taking my place in who in this new journey and this new adventure of my life and um, ready to wholeheartedly take it on and experience the fullness that can come through it and to be able to, again, build that into who I am as a person, but then extending that out to my family and my community and my friends and beyond that to the people in Cambodia and beyond. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing um, 
I, I just think you're a beautiful person. Mm, I, I, you've never shied away from challenge. <laughs> that is one thing uh, we um, can say without any hesitation. And like we've said in the past, you, you've just been willing to kind of step into these scary places and find your way through them. You don't wait to know. You just go. Yeah. It's and lonely and it's scary sometimes, but it is lonely and scary. Um, but I, I do think you're in a really good place. I do. And I'm, I just feel really lucky to be a part of it. And that you, because you offer yourself that you offer it to me and others. Yeah, it's a, it is a good place to be and uh, so much easier to live. I mean, there's still fight. There's still things that we're, we're struggling through and, and I don't even like to call it struggle, but what I realized early on was that when I was willing to just set down the struggle and stop calling this a struggle and a burden, life was able to then start happening. So it's it's a joy. Hard times, yes. Yes. But, well, but a joy. So thanks for listening. Yeah. I guess I guess we're gonna be done with that one. Again, if there there's so much more we could share and 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 we would like to. And so if you have questions, either for myself or for Carrie or any of any like of the people in the past or things that you would like to see us podcast on, uh, send those to us at Jennifer at big inside out adventures dot fun. And we'll address those things for you in future podcasts. Uh, thanks again for being a place for us to share our vulnerabilities. And we hope that you have had your hearts touched today and that somehow you can feel stronger having listened and, and have the courage to step out more completely and authentically in your own lives, whatever that may be, knowing that you're not alone, that you have an army of 10,000 standing behind you as well. And with that, we're going to end like we always do and just tell you to acknowledge yourself or no one else can and go be great. Be great.